the show the establishment warned you about. Welcome back to the Dr. Tommy Show. Glad you're here. Broadcasting from the free state of Florida and the heart of Florida and Tampa, Florida from Echelon Health Studios. Once again, we are back. It is a Thursday, thanks, or a Friday Eve, and it's a, it's a good day to be here. Uh, we are going to go to Trans-Siberian Orchestra tomorrow, and that's in Jacksonville. If you haven't been able to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra ever, uh, that's a good thing to do for Christmas. Trans-Siberian Orchestra is a, uh, is a group, it's actually two groups, it's made of uh, former members of the group Sabotage, which originated actually out of, out of Tampa, Florida, way back in the day, in the 80s. And it's got a it's got a heavy metal vibe to it, but it's also a Christmas vibe. And they've put out I think they put out eight albums now, or maybe it's six. They put out three Christmas albums and three non Christmas albums, and I think they have a a DVD package that is like a it's part of the um, the live performance they do where they have narration. Anyway, it's it's a good thing to do. Uh, Trans hyphen Siberian dot com is where you go to find their tour, and uh, I recommend it. They have a lot of uh, songs that you probably heard on the radio. Uh, the most famous one probably being the Christmas Eve Sarajevo song, which was actually recorded by Sabotage before Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Then it was re-released as a Trans-Siberian Orchestra song. So anyway, that's what we're doing on Friday. So if you're able, go see them. You'll enjoy it. This is our fifth time seeing them. Um, there's some uh, things in the news about... Uh, down here in Florida, Ron DeSantis is taking on some of the things that you and I probably have always been wondering about and wondering if there's anybody ever going to do anything about it. And that's this vaccine problem that we're seeing, potential vaccine problems. So that's one of the things that earlier on, if you were to, di- if you were to discuss it, would have got you banned from Facebook, banned from Twitter banned from you know YouTube wherever actually still get banned from YouTube probably if you if you questioned it, but Ron DeSantis is the one guy with the balls to do it, and uh, he's going to impanel a grand jury actually and they're down here in Florida and they're going to look at the vaccine, and the whole rollout of the vaccine and everything and see if there was any, if there was anything untoward about it, and this is from the Blaze it says Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, is petitioning the. Sunshine State Supreme Court for an order to impanel a statewide grand jury to probe any wrongdoing pertaining to COVID-19 vaccines. That's pretty broad, but that's what grand juries are for is to look and see, is there enough evidence here that we can go to, uh, uh, to have a charges basically to have charges. So this has got to have the establishment shaken in their boots because the establishment has gone all in on the vaccine. Establishment has gone all in on the vaccine, and no matter uh, which side of the aisle it is, uh, even down to Donald Trump himself, uh, everybody is all in for the vaccine uh, in the in, in politics and in, in the establishment. Not the Donald Trump's part of the establishment, but either way, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It says from this article, it says Florida law prohibits fraudulent practices, including the dissemination of false or misleading advertisements of a drug and the use of any representations or suggestions in any advertisement relating to a drug that an application of a drug is, is effective when it's not. And this is ex- exactly right. So if you look at the vaccine, everybody knows that the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission of, of COVID. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It doesn't prevent transmission of COVID. But that's what we were told. And COVID was what was going to uh, 
if we got the vaccine, that was what was going to stop COVID. And as under those auspices, they were able to impose all kinds of draconian measures, which they still are imposing now on people, such as vaccine mandates, punishments for not getting the vaccine, um, and the, all the social pressure and, and societal pressure there was for people to be vaccinated. And this is what this grand jury is going to be able to do is, is under oath, people are going to have to testify and say, you know, what did they know and why did they do what they did? This is further from the governor's petition. It says, the pharmaceutical industry has a notorious history of misleading the public for financial gain. This is a thing that used to be the left's big thing. The left hated, hated pharmaceutical companies. The left hated pharmaceutical companies as much as they hate energy companies now. So they hated pharmaceutical companies. They thought pharmaceutical companies were evil. All of the leading leftists were against vaccines. All of the leading leftists, uh, if they weren't against vaccines, they they at least had an appreciation for those who were. Let's put it that way. So Jenny McCarthy, for instance, she was against vaccines because they caused autism. And uh, she, you know, whatever she was, people like her, her, her former husband, Jim Carrey, all these people, they were against vaccines. And suddenly, 180 degree switch, only because they were told now the vaccines are good by the people that they follow the left-wing media and so forth, the left-wing establishment. So that's something that, like I said, the left used to be a, a used to be really uh, good about is, is saying, look, the, the pharmaceutical companies are bad, but now they're not. It says questions have always been have been raised regarding the veracity of representations made by the pharmaceutical ma- pharmaceutical manufacturers of COVID nineteen vaccines, particularly with respect to transmission, prevention, efficacy, and safety. An investigation is warranted to determine whether the pharmaceutical industry has engaged in fraudulent practices. The people of Florida deserve to know the truth. So we'll see. So when this all comes out, too, it's going to also bring into the play the regulators because the pharmaceuticals did not get to um, did not get to market without the regulators. And the regulators are going to now have to testify. What did they know and what did they know when the when the when the drugs were being approved? that did they know that they weren't going to prevent transmission? And we already know the answer from that because Dr. Burks has already said that she knew herself that the, the, they, they overplayed the vaccine and she knew that the vaccine wasn't going to prevent, prevent transmission. So this will be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, there's also this thing about, you know, the vaccine safety in and of itself. If it's not just the efficacy, it's the safety itself. And so the press release says, it says, Uh, According to press release, the state will also look into the phenomenon of people passing away after receiving COVID-19 vaccination. Now, this is the big taboo that you're not supposed to talk about. You're not supposed to talk about people dying from the COVID vaccine because that's that's conspiracy theory. That's a tinfoil hat. Uh, That's 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 the thing where if you do that, you're you're just as bad. You're like a what they call a what did uh, Biden call MAGA people, uh, what do you call them, uh, fascist or whatever they are, um, extremists, basically. So if you if you're ex- if you believe that the COVID vaccine may cause people to have adverse effects, even up into including death, then you're just an extremist. And so this is the only state in the United States that has done this. This is the only politician, meaning Ron DeSantis, who has the balls to do this. And I, once again, leading leading the charge against uh against uh, COVID tyranny. He was the only one, he was the first one to 
um, take a national stand against the COVID policies that were harming the people who lived in Florida. And uh, it's, it's no accident that, that we, that he is the most popular. Uh, he was the, he was the most successful, let's put it that way, uh, in his state from the past election, 2022, his state from a Republican standpoint did the best. Um, so we'll see what happens. So one of the, what's the questions about the vaccine that I have? So questions about the vaccine are from a doctor's standpoint is when people ask me about it is, do I need to get the vaccine? And my first answer to them is you need to know if you have antibodies still, that's one of the things you have to worry about. And then you have to have it because in my mind, if you have antibodies, coronavirus antibodies, getting a vaccine is not going to help you. Actually, if you have coronavirus antibodies and you get a vaccine, it stands to reason that they may overstimulate your immune system. That's one thing. Another thing you have to wonder about is, do um, am I at risk of COVID? Everybody's at risk of COVID at some level, but am I particularly at risk enough that I should get this vaccine? Uh, another thing to know is it's not a vaccine. So I think people know that now. That's not a vaccine. It's like the flu shot. They call it a flu vaccine, but it's not a vaccine because it doesn't prevent the flu. It's better known as a, a treatment or um, what do they call it. A, it's basically it's something to help you get over the flu. If you get the flu, maybe impossibly prevent you from getting the flu. But it is known that if you get the flu vaccine, there's no silver bullet that you're not going to get the flu. Same with the COVID vaccine. So uh, do I have antibodies? Is it do I really need it? Is it um, you know, is it a vaccine or not? And then you also have to wonder about, you know, how many times can you get a vaccine like this? A quote unquote vaccine. This is mRNA. This is a new product, experimental, obviously, because it's approved under emergency use only. So it's an experimental vaccine, quote unquote. How many times can you get this injected into your body? There's been a lot of, if you, if you, if you follow this closely, there's been studies done in vitro where they take hepatocytes, which are liver cells, liver cells grown in a Petri dish and put this mRNA in the Petri dish along with the liver cells, the mRNA from this vaccine, quote unquote, the coronavirus mRNA, okay? The one that they put into your body and it makes a protein called a spike protein. They have done experiments where they put these hepatocytes, these liver cells in a Petri dish with the mRNA that is the nucleic acid that's going to include, that's going to allow your body to make a protein so what happens normally is you have DNA gets converted into RNA, gets converted into proteins. That's called the central dogma. Okay, so you have nucleic acid is what DNA is. DNA is nucleic acid. Chromosomes are made of DNA. That's how you pass along genetics to your family. That's how your mother passed it down to you and this, that, and the other. Anyway, so nucleic acid is DNA or RNA. In this vaccine, quote unquote, what they do, the the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, they have particles and they call them lipid nanoparticles, LNP. And what they are is there are these little uh, artificially made particles that they embed the mRNA in. So mRNA, they derived it in a a laboratory. They took they took the uh, coronavirus, the naturally occurring, quote unquote, coronavirus, the one that was most likely released from a, uh, a weapons factory in Wuhan. 
they put that into, they, they use that virus and then they derive the DNA from that and they put it in this lipid nanoparticle and they inject it into your arm, okay? And the theory was, is what happens is when they inject this lipid nanoparticle into your arm, it's going to stay in your arm. It's going to stay in your deltoid, for instance. And then your body is going to take up this lipid nanoparticle because it's made with this, uh, this chemical message that says, hey, eat me. Basically, take me in, take me into the cell, and then, and, then, and then what will happen is the cell dissolves that lipid nanoparticle inside the cell. These things called ribosomes, which are these machines inside every cell of your body, I think, that maybe not red blood cells. But anyway, ribosomes encode mRNA. It's like a tape player. If you remember those tape players, that's what it looks like, kind of. Anyway, it's like a tape player and the, the little ribbon of mRNA goes on one side and then there's something called a RNA. I forgot what the other called RNA is, but there's another type of RNA. Anyway, it makes a protein. A protein is a three-dimensional object. And and it looks this protein looks like a spike, and so they put this protein on your cell, and then supposedly what happens is your body sees that cell, it attacks that spike protein, and it says, "Hey, look, there's spike proteins in here. Uh, we need to make an army against these spike proteins." And so theoretically, what happens is your body does that, and then when you come across COVID from the uh, from the virus. When you get it from, you know, going to the store and you get coughed on or you pick up a, you know, something that has COVID on it and you touch your face and you got COVID, right? So then what would happen is this COVID virus would enter your body, all this army of COVID uh, uh, antibodies and also white blood cells that are targeted towards this virus will destroy the virus and you'll never get sick. That was the theory. What has happened is that doesn't happen. A lot of times you still get sick. Uh, a lot of times you, um, yeah, basically the vaccine doesn't work is the bottom line. But what's even more alarming is like I was getting back to is these hepatocytes, you put them in a Petri dish and you put in the MRNA and there's something called reverse transcription. And what does that mean? Well, reverse transcription is where some viruses do this. So some viruses turn RNA back into DNA and it's called a retrovirus. Anyway, reverse transcription takes place where you take RNA and turn it back into DNA because usually it goes from DNA to RNA to protein. Well, with reverse transcription, you can turn RNA into DNA. And there are things called reverse transcriptons in your body. And what they do is they help the body reproduce chromosomes. So they add on these uh, pieces of DNA at the end of DNA called telomeres. Anyway, it's shown in these hepatocytes and these Petri dishes that you can get RNA turned back into DNA. If that's the case, then what you've basically done is you've changed the DNA of that hepatocyte. And that's what they've shown in vitro can happen. Why is that worrisome? Well, because that means basically if that can happen, possibly you can have DNA from coronavirus implanted into you permanently. That's the worry. That's the worry. If you have that happen, potentially, this is the worst case scenario in my mind. Let's say you get mRNA, okay? You get an mRNA vaccine, quote unquote. It gets into your body. Some of it gets turned into spike protein. Some of it gets reverse transcript, transcripted, reverse transcribed. 
some of it gets turned into DNA and that DNA gets incorporated in your genome. That would be the worst case scenario because then you would have cells that produce spike protein normally. And those cells would be attacked by your body, presumably because they're foreign. And if you do that, that's how you get what we call autoimmune disease. And you see this with myocarditis. This is the big thing that even the establishment will admit that you can get myocarditis or pericarditis from the vaccine. And myocarditis is inflammation of the heart cells. And pericarditis is inflammation of the lining of the heart called the pericardium. So if you have this situation where you're getting myocarditis or pericarditis from a vaccine, it stands to reason that if this reverse transcription takes place, if it's possible that it becomes part of your genome, then you could have a potentially ongoing problem with autoimmune disease, like auto, autoimmune reactions like myocarditis or even worse. And so what are some of the other things that are out there that aren't proven, but questions about the COVID vaccine that hopefully this uh, grand jury will help get to the bottom of? People who have the COVID vaccine sometimes develop uh, cancer afterwards. This is anecdotal, but we need to see if this is shown in their studies. Pfizer, when they first had these studies, wanted to keep the lid on it for 75 years, the uh, data for the study. Why is that? I don't know. Anyway, it's not been, it's not, it's not allowed now. And now they're having to put it out sooner. So the data is coming out sooner. Uh, you know, so can you get, does the vaccine cause you to be more at risk for developing cancer? Possibly. Uh, we don't know until we ask the question, but you're not allowed to ask that question because then, like I said, as soon as you start asking that question, then you're, you're, you're off into conspiracy land you risk losing your livelihood. You risk, you know, worst case scenario, you risk losing your livelihood. You know, you lose your license as a doctor, whatever the case is, or in best case scenario, you get kicked off Twitter. Anyway, so some of these, some of the questions that are out there that if you don't ask the question, then you should be allowed to ask the question because if you don't ask the question, you have to assume that you're hiding something. If someone's telling you, no, you're not allowed to ask that question. You say, have to say, why am I not allowed to ask that question? What is it about the question that's so dangerous? And they'll say, well, you're spreading a misinformation. Okay, well, spreading misinformation is your opinion. Your opinion is what I'm saying is misinformation. And that's the whole thing that we've done with this censoring with uh, through social media, through Twitter and all this. If someone has said, look, this is the official rule. This is what is, uh, this is the truth. Like Dr. Fauci says, I am the science. And I am the science, so therefore, if you question me, then you are participating in misinformation. And misinformation, you see, is dangerous. Misinformation allows people to make decisions based on wrong information, and then they can put themselves in jeopardy. So you're harming people by talking about things that we don't approve of that we're going to call misinformation. And these people don't know any better. And they're listening to you, and they're going to get harmed by that. So if you say... Look, there's some questions about this vaccine, the safety of this vaccine that we need to know about. That's misinformation. Uh, that's disinformation. You are a threat. And worst case scenario is you're trying to actively harm somebody, so you must be silenced. And that's what this whole thing about Twittergate is about. You know, from the election, from coronavirus, those are the two main things. But basically anything that goes against the the establishment, whatever they Whatever they picked, whatever those people in the FBI who were Phoebe, whatever the people in Phoebe who were meeting with Twitter, 
and we're telling them, look, they were meeting with them regularly. They were saying, you should be on the lookout for this, be on the lookout for this, be on the lookout for a Hunter Biden laptop. This is disinformation. So whatever they decide is disinformation is what you're allowed to see. And that's not how it works in a free society. That's not how it works when there's freedom of speech either. So we'll see. But this is a this is a good start. And I can tell you, too, um, this is not going to make either Ron DeSantis or Dr. Ladapo, who is the state attorney general, very popular with the establishment, either one of them, the Republican Party or Democrat Party establishment, which is basically the same thing. The establishment is the establishment. And there's a there's a couple of different factions who are um, on paper enemies. But in reality, they're just part of the same team. So we'll see what it says here. It, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm uh, I'm interested to know uh, what comes out of it from a, a real science point of view. Here's Ron DeSantis talking about what they're going to be doing uh, with this this uh, investigation. Situation: Yes, Florida. We banned vaccine passports almost two years ago. We banned uh, the shot mandates for jobs and saved a lot of people's jobs. Nevertheless, throughout our country, you still have hundreds of universities in other states that are still mandating these boosters on these college kids. When any type of cost-benefit analysis would say the benefit for them taking the shot, as you, as you alluded to, it doesn't prevent them from getting infected or spreading it anyways. The benefit is minuscule. Uh, but as Joe Latipo and other studies have shown, you know, there is a risk for doing it. So why can't our medical establishment acknowledge that? Why the deception? Why have they continued to do this for two years? Yeah, why is that? And that's like I was saying. Why aren't you allowed to ask the question? Why aren't you allowed to ask that question? You know, Joe Biden yesterday had this signing ceremony for uh, Marriage Act, Freedom of Marriage Act, Freedom, what was it called? Marriage Freedom Act, something like that, Protecting a Marriage Act, anyway, whatever it was. It was to, quote, unquote, codify the uh, rights for people to get married, gay people to get married. And that was noted as the Freedom of Marriage Act. And he brought in with him. This guy is such a piece of trash. He's so trashy. I remember when they, they said that Ronald Reagan wouldn't set foot into the Oval Office without wearing a jacket. And then they were contrasting that with Bill Clinton because when he got to the Oval Office, we know what he did. Uh, and then you had then they contrast it with Barack Obama, who has a picture in the Oval Office of him uh, with his feet on the on the desk and saying, look, he doesn't respect the office, this, that, and the other. So, you have, so you've gone from Ronald Reagan, who wouldn't enter the Oval Office with wear, without wearing a jacket, coat and tie, to this guy. Joe Biden had a, 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 a trans, what were they, transvestite cross-dresser in the Oval Office for this Freedom of Marriage Act or whatever it was that he signed. Uh, this is the first time ever in the history that a president has invited a transvestite into the Oval Office. And it's just a, there's a place and time for things, you know, transvestites are something that, 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 that are in, in the world. And we know it. it's drag queens, whatever you want to call them. They're drag queens. That's a, it's an entertainer. Okay. There's entertainers and, and it's not illegal. Uh, it's, it's up, it's up to your, what your tastes are, but you have to ask yourself a question. 
at what level is that what you're supposed to do in the White House in the formal capacity as the president of the United States? You know, people used to always say, oh, Donald Trump, he's, you know, whatever. He, he had, you know, he's a bad guy. He's denigrating the office. Donald Trump never brought a, uh, a drag queen into the Oval Office. You know, that's like saying, you know, Oval Office uh, is it's just part of the society. Well, you guess, guess who else is part of society? Porn stars are part of society. They're not illegal. They're out there. Does that mean you have to bring porn stars into the Oval Office too? I mean, if we ever sign some type of uh, a bill that is about, you know, uh, movies, do we need to bring porn stars into the Oval Office? I mean, is this really the case of, uh, I don't know. And so Joe Biden's out there. He's inviting porn star, or I'm sorry, uh, cross-dressers into the Oval Office. And then he, he trans, he goes from that saying, look, we're defending marriage. We're defending marriage now against these uh, evil people. And the next step he's going to do is he's going to do the marriage. Uh, I'm sorry, he wants to have equality for transgender children. And here's here's what the old President Joe has to say about that. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hare Sniffer. Challenged the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. We have to protect these children so they know they're loved and we will stand up for them and say they can seek for themselves. So this guy, he's talking about these laws that are against genital mutilation, against children having mastectomies. And he's calling out he's calling out Ron DeSantis, really, because Ron DeSantis is, the, is, is leading the charge against this type of activity against children in our state. And so there, here we go. This is hat tip to Dave Rubin uh, in uh, Instagram. And it's a good question as he's asked, Dave Rubin says, personally, I wouldn't let a man with dementia decide whether to chop off kids' genitals, but I'm an old soul. So, you know, just listen to the way that he, he frames this. This guy's a lunatic. We need to challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the Hundreds of callous, cynical laws that are not allowing people to chop the genitals off of children or cut their breasts off. Who's the crazy person? Who's the cynical person? You know, it's one thing if you're an adult and you want to, you want to have surgery to do something to change your body. You don't feel comfortable. But when you're saying that we're going to, you know, we're going to allow children who by definition do not have a fully formed brain who by definition don't understand all of the things that uh, go on with your body, who by definition needs someone to look out for them. It is now the, it is now the policy of the, of the president of the United States that that is a good thing to do is to allow these children to have their genitals chopped off, to have their breasts chopped off, to take hormones. Is this crazy? I mean, this is how far we've gone. Are we a lot? We're allowing this. This is, if you were to ask this 20 years ago, would this would this be something that the president of the United States would be championing? You would be looked at as if you're crazy. Bill Clinton would never talk like this. You know, this is not this is not logical. But here we are, and it's it's a slow creep. Every bit, a little bit at a time, just a little bit at a time. More and more and more towards uh, just these these fringe, far fringe, you know, fringe ideas. 
if you're if you have a child god forbid if you have a child and you're going to give them hormones i mean my god that is so awful to give your child hormones to change their body because they say that they want to be a boy or a girl and they're they're not that right now it is one thing for you as a mature person to decide that but when you start using your belief systems and transferring them to your children no child comes up and says i want to be a boy or a girl and no child says that knowing what the full knowledge of what the impact of that is because it's impossible for them to know they don't know they're children their minds are not formed they don't understand things up until a certain age they think they're santa claus and you say well that's because we lied to them if we just told them there wasn't to begin with bullshit that's because they're young they are their minds aren't formed they don't believe they don't understand things the way you understand them and if you're going to take advantage of them and you have some issue that you want to that you want to push you want to push, you you believe that people who are are men are born men are not really men and it can be a woman that's fine that's what you believe but you're going to make it a, now a policy that you're going to allow children to take hormones or have or have surgery to change them forever that is child abuse and then we have this old tired Corpse of a president going on about how this is cynical. No, you're the cynical asshole. In the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. Who needs to have their breast chopped off, Joe? What child needs to have their breast chopped off? None. Unless they have a problem. You're the cynical one. You make me sick. But they're really criticizing some. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Fauci. Anyway. Joe Biden, I tell you, this guy, ugh. I was just reading this thing here. It's about Tara Reid. This is the lady who, um, this is the lady who said that, that Joe Biden, Joe Biden uh, uh, sexually assaulted her. This is from Resist the Mainstream. It says, Tara Reid describes in detail acts Biden allegedly did to her in an explosive interview with Tucker Carlson. A former Senate staffer who claims Joe Biden sexually assaulted her in 1993, still seeks justice for alleged crime. Of course, this is like I said, or like we were saying, believe all women except Tara Reid, right? Tara Reid pressed her claims of sexual assault by her former employer during an interview with Fox News journalist Tucker Carlson. Western Journal further reported, no matter how hard the Democrats and the Biden administration might be hoping for it, the Tara Reid story isn't going away. The woman who served as an aide in Biden's Senate office in the early 1990s caused a crisis in then-candidate Joe Biden's campaign when she went public with the explosive allegation he sexually assaulted her in a capital in the hallway in 1993. Now, tell me if this sounds like Joe Biden, okay? Tell me if this sounds like the Joe Biden you know. Tell me if this sounds like the Joe Biden that is uh, 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 going on about how he thinks it's 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 a, an abuse for, for doctors to not be allowed to chop off a child's genitals. And then... Come uh, contrast that with the Joe Biden that uh, his daughter described in her diary. You can look that up for yourself because it's too disgusting to repeat. But anyway, so this is what this is what Tara Reid says. Uh, he had me against the wall and he penetrated me with his fingers against my will. Reid told Carlson, "Herring is the moment sound by itself." Reid said there was more. It just wasn't the assault. it wasn't just assault itself though. She said it was everything to do with it. 
here I am, this young staffer, and he did this, and then I made him angry. And that's what you don't, that's what someone you don't, that's someone you don't want to make angry. It's kind of like rape, he said, Tucker Carlson. It's so out of bounds that it's weird that someone would think to do something like that. It got weirder, according to Reed. When it happened at first, he was like, come on, man, I heard you like me, she said. And then he got angry, and that's when he smiled, you know, that smile. And that's what was really jarring. And then he said, he pointed his finger in my face. He said, you're nothing. You're nothing to me. I must have had a certain look in my face. And he just took my shoulders and he shook me and said, you're fine. You're fine. Then he turned around and walked away. Now, does that sound like Joe Biden? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I wasn't there, but that does not sound like out of bounds for the Joe Biden that we see here talking about yelling about children and having their genitals chopped off and how that's the right thing to do. And the Joe Biden that's been in the, uh, uh, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop and the Joe Biden that's been in uh, his daughter's diary. But this is a this is the thing is. The media has never covered this more than just saying it's a it's it's false claims, you know, Tara Reid, believe every woman except Tara Reid. They are so morally bankrupt. Uh, One thing happened recently, which is very sad, is Mike Leach passed away. Mike Leach was a head football coach at Mississippi State currently, and he died of a heart attack, 61 years old. And it's not known. I don't know if it was known that he had heart disease or not. Whatever the case is, he died early. And he was a very uh, smart guy offensively, but he was also a smart guy just outside of the uh, outside of the football. He was actually a um, a lawyer, and he's an attorney. So, but here's this. This is back from ni- 2019, and this was Mike Leach. They were asking him about if the Pac-12 mascots fault, who would win? Well, first of all. What kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um, uh, another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um Stanford Cardinal. Unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, The husky, no chance. Uh, The beaver. Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the, uh, The ute, again, we're back to... Uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that youth's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. And then, um, and, uh, and you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone... Uh, a buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo is d- utterly outstanding. Well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Cougar will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. Well, first of all, 
There we go. So Mike Leach, rest in peace, 61 years old. You know, he died of a heart attack. One of the things I was thinking, every time these people pass away like this, I always wonder, did they have a CT angiogram? And I always ask Tracy that. I bet you didn't have a CT angiogram. And a CT angiogram could save someone's life. Now, that being said, he very well may have known that he had coronary disease. And, you know, just it's just one of those things that happens and happens. But there's people walking around right now who have CT, who have coronary disease and have no idea about it. And a CT angiogram could save their life. And that's one of the things that makes me glad that I do what I do, but also upset that the establishment medical community doesn't do what we do in the concierge medicine business. Um, and that's take the time to go outside of the boundaries of what is considered, a, uh, what do they call it, mainstream medicine, I guess you call it, or uh, you know, whatever the, the, the recommendations are, the United, United States Preventive, Preventative Services Task Force, what did they recommend? You know, if you went by the United States Pre- Preventative Services Task Force, which is like the government's official recommendations, you, you wouldn't, I think they don't even recommend ex- except doing a, a, a cholesterol test once when you're 50 or something like that. I can't remember exactly. But there's all kinds of things they don't recommend doing because they say, look, as taken as a whole, if we were to do all these things, it'd be very expensive. And then, you know, it also may cause some false positives and then people may spend more money on that and it may make people have anxiety. And, you know, that I don't know if they did it for sure or not, but there was this controversy a few years ago when they were telling women that you shouldn't have mammograms until you're age 50. Uh, and the reason why is because they said, well, from 40 to 50, the number of people who have mammograms and have false positives is this amount. And there's only this many cancers. So it's kind of like with the vaccine. They say, well, the benefits or the risk outweigh the benefits. So the risk of having a false positive taking an aggregate for this group of women outweighs the risk of having cancer. And that's one thing for you to say as if you're a number cruncher and you're saying, well, you know, uh, you know, 3% of women had a abnormal mammogram and only, you know, 0.1% of them had cancer. And, and then there was a lot of those 3% who went on to have ultrasounds and they had anxiety and it's just not worth it. And that's, that's one thing you say, you say if you're a number cruncher, but for that 0.1%, they had cancer. So it meant everything to them because they, and they had their cancer found. And if they didn't have that cancer found, they may have died from cancer or have suffered very greatly from it if they didn't die. And that's what these uh, people say. So anyway, back to the point of the heart attacks is you can easily have a CT angiogram of your heart. Right now, anybody in Tampa can have a CT angiogram of their heart. If they just go to Dr. Morales' office in South Tampa Cardiology, they can get a CT angiogram of their heart for 300 bucks. And all you have to do is you pay your money, you get an order. Uh, and you go in there and they scan your heart and they see, is there any plaque in your heart? And is the plaque dangerous enough to cause a heart attack potentially? And then you can get referred to your doctor or referred to a cardiologist or whatever case it is. But the problem is, is with the way we do medicine now is someone walks into your office and they say, uh, I want a CT angiogram in my heart. Well, the first thing the doctor is going to do is they're going to say, well, it's not covered by your insurance or, or we can order it, but I don't know if it's going to be covered by your insurance. And I guarantee your insurance won't cover it. I can't guarantee it. I can almost guarantee your insurance won't cover it for screening. Now, if you have a heart problem, they may cover it. But if you have, if you're just saying screening, I don't know if I have heart disease. I want to find out if I have heart disease. Likelihood is your insurance won't cover it. And then if they did cover it, it would be more expensive than $300. So anytime I see people die early, man or woman, from a heart attack, 
I wonder, did they have a CTA angiogram? Because if they didn't, they missed out potentially on preventing their death or preventing their injury from their heart attack and their family missed out too. So all you'd have to do is get a heart scan and then you can see, is there any plaque in my heart? And you can look for hard plaque and you can look for soft plaque. Hard plaque is plaque that's old, that's been there for a while. And then there's soft plaque and soft plaque means it's new. It hasn't had a chance to calcify yet. And soft plaque is dangerous because even though a hard plaque may be bigger, say, let's say you may have a hard plaque that's like 75% of your vessel. So there's only 25% still open. And you say, well, that's dangerous. Well, you may have a a soft plaque that's only 20%. But if that 20% plaque ruptures, then it forms a clot. And then it will be 100% of your artery potentially that's clotted off. And then you have a heart attack. And that's how you die. So you can die from having a hard plaque. You can die from having soft plaques. And a CT angiogram would help save your life. And I don't know if Mike Leach had one. And I'm not going to, you know, obviously blame anybody or anything. It just brings me to mind the people out there who are walking around not knowing. If you have risk factors, especially if you have someone in your family history that's had an early history of coronary disease in their 50s, like a father or a brother or sister or mother, or if you're a smoker or you're a diabetic, you have hypertension, whatever the case is, you should have a CT angiogram. You should ask your doctor for one. And if you don't, if your doctor can't do it, then you know, find someone that can. But uh, that's, that's like I said, that's what we do, though. We think outside the box. We don't think inside this box where it's like, well, the insurance won't say you, says, says you can't do it, so we're not going to do it. It's the same thing about testosterone, you know. We have a patient now who's older. He's in his 60s. Anyway, I said to him the other day, I said, you know, if you if you were concerned about your energy level, you should get your testosterone checked. And uh, you know, if it's if it's low, then you can consider getting it replaced and see how you feel. But that's a that's a conversation that would never have that would never happen in an insurance based practice. Mostly because insurance based practices they, they they just think what they think inside the box, and inside the box means that you don't check a sixty year old for low testosterone. Because why? I don't know. I don't actually, I actually don't know what the reasoning is. I guess the reasoning is, is you're 60 now and it doesn't matter if your testosterone's low. It doesn't matter how you feel. So I don't know. But just something to think about if you're out there, or you have a loved one out there and you have risk factors or you just want to know, get a CT angiogram of your heart and then you can save your life. Uh, what else there? Yeah, this, I don't know what to make of this. This mayor out in, or not mayor, Oregon governor out in Oregon, you know, I don't know what, what, I don't know what the people think out there, but Oregon governor, this is from Gateway Pundit, Oregon governor, Katie Brown, Kate Brown commutes all death row sentences, outgoing Oregon governor. It says outgoing Oregon governor, Kate Brown, Democrat commuted all death row sentences on Tuesday. Kate Brown commuted sentences of 17 people on death row, blah, blah, blah. Oregon governor announced plans Tuesday to commute the sentences uh, using her clemency powers for the last time. In a statement, Brown criticized the practice of capital punishment, saying that the death penalty, quote, cannot be and never has been administered fairly and equitably. I don't know what that means. I have long believed that justice is not advanced by taking a life and the state should not be in the business of executing people. Even if a terrible crime took place, even if a terrible crime placed them in prison. 
Under previous commutations, I have granted to individuals who have demonstrated extraordinary growth and rehabilitation. Now, this is she's saying this voluntarily. She goes, unlike previous commutations, I have granted to individuals who have demonstrated extraordinary growth and rehabilitation. That is someone who, quote unquote, deserves it. This commutation is not based on any rehabilitative efforts by the individuals on death row. Instead, it reflects the recognition that death penalty is immoral. I also recognize the pain and uncertainty victims experience as they wait for decades while individuals sit on death row, especially in states with moratoriums on executions without resolution. My hope is that this commutation will bring a significant step closer to finality in these cases. So she's saying that she's commuting these people because the victims, I assume the victims of the crime that these people committed, I assume that's what she means, the victims or the victim's family. She says they experience uncertainty while the individuals sit on death row. Well, why not execute them then? That's what death row is for, right? Capital punishment, isn't that what it's for? Presumably these people have done things so heinous that they that they have reached the level of uh, needing to be executed. And so your idea then is instead of executing them, we're just going to put them on in, in uh, life in prison. We're going to let them escape the death penalty. That's going to make the victims feel better. The uncertainty that just prolongs it. It makes it worse. I never understood that the, the reasoning behind um, saying it's, it's never okay to take a life. That to me makes no sense at all. That that, I mean, if that was the case, then there would never be any any reason to uh, defend yourself. Okay, if Kate Brown was walking in the street, God forbid, someone came to mug her, would Kate Brown fight back? Would she try to defend? Would she try to defend herself to the level? That if 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 necessary, she took the life of the other person, or would she stop and say, look? I know you want to mug me. I know you want my property. I know this is unwarranted. Go ahead and kill me because taking your life, there's no reason to ever take your life. Does that is that what she would say? I mean, that's the logical extension I see is that if you say that, there's never a reason to take someone's life and that's why the death the death penalty is immoral. I mean, just think of the terrible things that are out there. I just, I get tired of reading it, really, honestly. Tracy just told me about some story of a a person who killed their one-year-old child and dismembered it, okay? That person deserves a death penalty. Uh, the, the guy, the FedEx driver, again, murdered a child, hit her with his van, and after she was still alive and conscious enough to tell her, tell him her name, he strangled her to death. That guy deserves a death penalty. Uh, Nicholas Cruz, the shooter who killed countless children, 15, I think it was, or 18, however many it was. He doesn't get the death penalty. He deserves a death penalty. There are people out there that deserve the death penalty. And this, this compassion that people have for people who commit crimes is something that I will never understand. And I guess it's just because I'm not wired that way. I'm wired to believe that the people most deserving of life are those who did nothing wrong. At the very least, if you compare that to someone who is doing something wrong, they deserve to have life and they deserve to have their justice by uh, if someone takes their life by having that person uh, dealt with 
through the uh, the criminal process and having the death penalty if they do something like that. Uh, the death penalty is in some ways a deterrent, you know, but that's not the only reason for the death penalty. The death penalty is just justice. Just like it's justice if someone is trying to mug you in the street and you fight back enough and then you happen to kill them, that is not wrong. You are not wrong for doing that. You are protecting yourself and that is justice. But to have this this idea that, you know, it's never right to kill somebody if people do certain things, then they deserve to die. And that's what the death penalty is for. And there, there are times when people die in war. And, and that's, you know, that's another, that's another time when people die. You know, there's this misconception, and Dennis Prager brought this up, that the uh, Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not kill. Well, that's not what it says. Uh, Dennis Prager said that the original translation is the meaning of the words is thou shalt not murder. Murder and killing are two different things. If someone's coming into my house at night trying to harm my family, I will try to kill them, and I will have no compunction at all about doing that. That's a different story than I'm going to go down the street and uh, kidnap a child and kill them, or I'm going to kill my wife and uh, child, and then I'm going to take my own life. That's a different story, and you should be able to understand the difference between that and not have this binary thing you know, we're all about not being binary as far as uh, gender and sex and all this stuff. Well, how about we not have a binary thing about saying, well, you either are for not having anybody killed or you're for having people killed. It's not like that. It's not black and white. There is a reason that some people deserve to die and others don't. And But this is her, this is her parting shot when she left. And uh, I don't know. I just... I think it's part of this whole thing about society that we're having where we're turning more and more towards uh, the darkness of society and allowing people to be um, basically out of control. We, we don't reward uh, good behavior as much as we re- reward bad behavior. And if you allow people who commit murder and heinous crimes like this to not get the death penalty, then you're rewarding bad behavior. You're allowing them to escape the punishment that they deserve and and that's what they deserve. But it makes me glad that we live in Florida. Uh, that's it for today. If you're uh, new to the show, go to drtommy.com slash podcast, and you can hear more of the podcasts from before. And if you're interested in learning more about our practice, go to drtommy.com. And then, like I said, if you are in the Christmas spirit and you want to see something really exciting, go see Trans-Siberian Orchestra in your town. And until next time, bye-bye. 